So I think uh, this gospel passage is easy enough to understand, um, but harder to apply in our own lives. Um, I don't know about you, but I often find myself in the Pharisee's position. And I was reminded about that uh, from uh, just a little incident on Thursday. I got a call from our partner, Anchi, um, who was setting up the farm stand, because on Thursdays, you all should check it out, uh, they, high school kids sell the produce that they're growing in the garden at the same time as the farmer's market, but they use our spot. And she was going to just turn on some water um, by the dumpster there and found a guy who was naked who was trying to take a shower with our hose. Um, yeah, she didn't think it was that funny. But uh, <laughs> Joe and I ran over, and it was Anthony, who's been around St. Luke's for a very long time. Um, and he had, he had made a mess in his pants and was just trying to wash off. And um, I kind of freaked out because, uh, well, for a number of reasons. Um, but as he was trying to get new pants on and try to get outside our new gate, I love our new gate. Uh, obviously, it didn't work for Anthony. But, um, yeah, uh, I was kind of just yelling at him. I don't think in a mean way, just in, like, a frustrated way, you know. And then I was talking to Joe, like, Anthony is, like, always doing this, and he's always making a mess. And Joe's like, he's right there. You're talking about him. He's right there. It's like, I know, I'm just frustrated, and I don't know, I just thought in that moment that uh, Joe was definitely acting a lot more Christ-like than I was, um, and it was for a good reason, right? Like, I think it was a good reason to try to get uh, the naked guy, like, more than 20 feet away from, like, the selling, like, the kale, you know, it just helps with, <laughs> with sales, um, but, but there's, like, there's, like, our plans, right, and then there's God's plans, and... Um, we can forget, like, what the point is. For example, the Pharisee is doing some great things. He's tithing. He's giving a 10% of his income. This is the start of stewardship season, by the way, so we appreciate that. Uh, and also, uh, he's fasting twice a week. These can be really important spiritual practices. And yet, at the start of that gospel story, it says, uh, Jesus told this for people who are trusting in themselves instead of trusting in God, right? He was trusting and himself, he was forgetting why he was fasting, why he was tithing. I was, I was forgetting why we care about making this lot available um, and beautiful and selling veggies and why we do this work is to try to, to care for the least of these. And Joe was the one that went and got some new pants and to remind me to still treat Anthony not like a pest but a person in that moment. It's complicated, right? Even when we're doing good things, to remember why we're doing them. Shortly after this gospel story, there's another story, the, the rich ruler, who also lives kind of a morally perfect life in a way, and tells Jesus that. Like, I'm kind of nailing everything, Jesus. Like, this is enough, right? And Jesus said, yeah, sure, you're, you're doing it. And he said, well, what else do I need to do? Right? So he's kind of pushing Jesus, and Jesus says, well, you could just drop everything and follow me. And that's when the rich ruler walks away, dejected. But what is that larger point? When, what is stopping us from following Jesus at times? When do our plans get in the way? When do what we have gets in the way of that? Joe helps me remember that on Thursday. Um, and I think another lesson 
from Thursday, but that we see with the rich man too, is that God is in the trenches. God is helping Anthony to try to figure out how to wash himself again. And right, this is a larger thing than like our hose and the gate and stuff. It's crazy that our city doesn't have places for people to take showers or that we think it's all right for people to live on the streets, right? That's just something we collectively decided is all right. Um, but God is with, God is with the poor. Um, and for many of us, like me, of relative social privilege, like, it can be easy. I can use money. I can use the other kind of privileges and my advantages to sort of insulate myself from needing God. But we do need God. We need God. We need to rely on God all the time. So I think these are kind of helpful places as we start to think about what stewardship means um, and even kind of how to talk about money in the church. Um, I think God is aiming for us to be somewhere between Anthony and the rich ruler, which seems like a wide gap, right? Destitution and luxury. Um, but it doesn't always feel like such a wide gap, I think, in our society. Um, because our society is telling us every day that who we are and what we do and what we have isn't enough. So too many of us feel more toward Anthony's side of the spectrum. But we are enough. That is the insight of Christianity. That is the gift of what Jesus did. That we are loved for who we are even with all our imperfections, large and slight. It's because of this relationship with God that we are enough. That's literally what it means to have Jesus as our Savior, that Jesus showed us that we are enough, that we are loved, beloved children of God. What a gift, right? But, but when we have sort of materially enough in this world, that gift feels less important. We need God less. So Pharisee, the Pharisee and the rich ruler didn't need that relationship in the same way that the tax collector did. Needing God, starting to practice relying on God, means we start trusting God. And when we start trusting God, everything begins to change. So giving as a spiritual practice is tied to this life-changing potential of sacrifice to lead us closer to God. So I think that's the helpful context for a conversation in the church about money. This is the month that we do ask for you all to let us know what your giving plans are for the next year. Practically speaking, it helps us create our budget for next year. But it's a time to just examine more deeply what is our relationship with money. And so to continue sort of introducing us to that, I think it's helpful to start with that first fact. We are sinners. We are imperfect. We make mistakes. And we, and yet, we are beloved children of God. And that's the starting place. So there's a gentleness here. There's, there's a safety net here. It's, this is a safe place to experiment, to fail, to try again. This is a practice space to try to figure out together how we live Christian lives. It is complicated complicated to figure out if what we have is enough, what to do with the surplus. I think God is calling us to be as generous 
as we can be. Perhaps even striving for that feeling of sacrifice, because when it starts to hurt, uh, that means that we're needing to rely on God more. We're not entirely in control. But a first reminder to that is that part of our giving is to the primary relationships around us, especially family, right? These are the first commitments that need to be honored. And I know many of you give significantly back to family in Africa. And that is beautiful. It's as it should be. And many more of us sacrifice so much for our kids, putting food on the table, driving them to activities, supporting their education. That is honoring God. When we care for those around us to whom we have those primary commitments of love. And then another thing, I think, as we think about what generous giving, even to the point of feeling of a sacrifice is, is that this generosity must need be hemmed in by prudence. God wants us to have enough in this world, to thrive in this world. So don't give past what's your enough. Now, of course, what is enough is the big question, right? And I think that's where the spiritual dimension of all this really starts to come into play, right? Because I believe that whether we're talking about a family or a church or community, a country or the world, I think we together have enough so that all people could thrive in this world. I think we do. And the only reason that we don't is because of sin, right? We are being confused all the time. The advertising industry always wants us to buy more. We're not enough. We don't have enough. We need more. So that we are always feeling scarcity instead of abundance, right? So what is that enough? I think that's the question. What is our enough? That's a lifetime question for each one of us. So it's complicated. And another thing to notice, I'd say, about money in our society is that I don't know about you, but it's been my experience that mostly we don't talk about money. We often don't even talk much to our parents or our brothers or sisters about how much money we have or a decision we're going to make about money. Why is that? Why do we let money have that much control over us that we can't even talk about it? What we do with our money says a lot about who we are and what we value. So I hope the church can help you think through all this. Um, I think this month is an invitation to introspection, um, to pay attention to what we have been given, health perhaps, or time, or talent, or treasure, to reflect on what is really enough in our own lives. What do we really need? What surplus do we have to give away, to bless others, to help in that rain-building project of God? And it's a month of invitation to intentionality on a practical, practical level to help the church know what you plan to give next year. It helps us just put our budget together. But spiritually, it can help as a means of accountability to help you think through, again, what is enough, what's surplus, to think through all those questions that I'm bringing up. The point with all that we do here is to help you deepen your relationship with God. If you notice that we're doing something that's not doing that, let us know. We're trying to support your relationship with God. And so may we all come to a greater awareness about the role that money plays in our life. 
the power we may let it have in our lives, and the invitation to rely on God, not ourselves or the illusion of control that money can give us. Because the truth is, is that we all need God every moment of every day. God who gives us breath, God who gives us all that we have. So help us, God, to remember our need for you. We will find, I trust more than enough, love to last a lifetime, and then some.